Hi, this is David Harewood, and you are listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season five episode of Supergirl titled Blurred Lines. And since we don't have any news this week, let's get right into it. So here's the official description. Quote, Kara attempts to mend her relationship with Lena. John Jones takes a deep dive into his memories while Kelly tries to help an old friend, unquote. So uh, this episode had uh, some pretty good stuff for Kara, I thought. Uh, a lot of interesting scenes with Lena, some moral dilemmas for Kara. And uh, also she just uh, keeps trying to figure out what's going on with William Day. Uh, so lots of good stuff for Kara in this episode, much to my delight. Um, but I guess the biggest thing for Kara in this episode is that Lena manipulates her. She doesn't know this, of course. But Lena manipulates Kara into breaking into Fort Summit and stealing Lex's diaries or Lex's journals. I shouldn't say diaries. That might be too uh, evoking of uh, a dear diary letter. That's not exactly what Lex was doing. Um, although, was it? Maybe it was. We can talk about it. <laughs> um, so she steals Lex's journals for Lena. What did you think about that? Um, I just thought the way that like Lena played her was so masterful. <laughs> like I was just laughing the whole time because Lena was like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly ask you to do this. Like, no, 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 I can't. No, 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 no. It's I. I can't tell you the one thing that's gonna make me feel better. It's not. It's not even a point. Let's let's be, let's talk about your thing. It's like <laughs> it's like textbook manipulation where she's like she's like. I mean, I guess there is this one thing that would like make me you know come off the edge and like not have PTSD, but it's not important. Like your outfit is amazing. Let's talk about that. Car is of course like no. I want to help you. Like I'm sorry about all that lying I've done to you for years and years and years of. Our friendship uh croissant uh, so, so i thought that it was uh, the way that she played that like oh if only i could read uh lex's diaries and really understand how much he hated um horses i could really move on from uh cough i haven't killed my brother cough. uh <laughs> like really move on from the trauma and and car is like yeah no that checks out i think i should uh break into a thing for you um my favorite part of, of car just deciding sure i'll break into a fort even though everybody's like maybe you shouldn't do maybe you shouldn't do that maybe you shouldn't do that 
And she's like, well, that's okay. We we break the rules all the time. And then Alex is kind of like, man, we do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alex is like on the moral high ground. Like, you can't just break into a fort to help out a friend. And she's like, aren't we like, like using the DEO things to help a friend like right now? And Alex is like, huh, I'm going to need to think about all my actions for like the last four years. <laughs> I love I love that like amount of like oh gosh I guess if we go down this rabbit hole we're all pretty messed up. <laughs> and Car, Car is like that's what I thought. Supergirl out and <laughs> goes to fort goes to the fort and then she's like well you know what like while while I'm stealing these journals like, while I'm stealing these journals like oh I, I mean is one extra. One extra bit of thievery <laughs> is that so bad? As she like goes towards the the watch and, and like the one of Lex's watches, like don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> a little something for Lena, a little something for me. Which <laughs> <laughs> is so funny. I just like I really hope that at some point that watch like becomes like a major plot point, and Lena goes like, wait a minute. <laughs> Car is like bust it. <laughs> you got me. I like to steal. <laughs> well, I in, I enjoyed that because um, Kara did use it to help James and Kelly. Um, so I guess if she was gonna steal stuff at least she was doing it to help her friends because that's what james told her to do he said when your friend's in trouble you jump in period doesn't matter the consequence so she's just doing what james suggested that that she do she's just taking his advice so and i do wonder if the watch will come into play with crisis because it's a transmatter portal which I don't know if that can jump Earths. Yeah, I was confused by like what it was. I was like, uh. So that's a good point about her stealing the watch while she's in there. What if this begins like a whole trend of like, like Car just randomly walking into something like stealing, like just stealing like small items. She's like, I just can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I've just become a super klepto. That is who I am now. Stealing from fortresses is like the Pringles of stealing where she's like, I just can't have just one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that that could lead her down a, a bad path. <laughs> I did enjoy also the uh, return of Lex's journals, because if you remember, Morgan, last season. I sure do. <laughs> we did a real deep dive into Lex's journals and the content that Lex was writing about. And <laughs> it was amazing. Yes. So I'm sure that you remember the, the horses that were discussed. Of course. Couldn't couldn't forget. Who could forget <laughs> that Lex just seemed to be really bothered by the fact that Lena went riding without him. He was so mad. It turns out that Lex was using a, a I'm I'm I hope I'm pron pronouncing this right, a, a Viganeer cipher in his journals, which is a deceptively complex polyalphabetic substitution, which props to Katie McGrath. She got that out <laughs> so smoothly, uh, just just like it was a normal thing for her to say. So what I'm getting from this episode um, and the, the, the special effect graphic that came up uh, in this discussion about the Viganeer cipher is that the content about the horses was actually code, which makes me so happy. Uh... 
Um, although I, I kind of wish... I mean, maybe on some level he he was bitter about the horses. <laughs> I I have to I have to imagine that on some level he's like it's it's sort of like a, like a Freudian thing where it's like oh I'm gonna use this uh, this cipher it's gonna be all about horses I'm not mad about horses at all I don't even care about horses <laughs> like whatever your horse <laughs> because in the special effect in this episode it references the part of the journal that's talking about the horses. It does. It says, I, I don't believe that Lena fully uh, comprehends how much she needs me. Without my guidance, she uh, she would be, I don't know what that is, maybe flittering away her time with horses and romantic novels. She needs my mind and skills to... Mm, mold her mind into something it's hard it's hard to to make out but he's talking about the horses about her riding horses um so the <laughs> the fact that that came back into play this season is hilarious to me so i've i really enjoyed that was probably the most enjoyment i got out of this episode this week <laughs> was that lex luther's journal journals have returned the horses are back the horses are back and the burn book content uh, about lena and the horses ended up being a plot point in this <laughs> in this season that it uh gave lena the instructions she needed to learn how to mind control people so what what are your thoughts about lena? now we've seen lena kind of spiral down in these first two episodes so far i mean she she built an ai then she put the ai into a human woman who betrayed her (laughs) and now she is effectively learning how to mind control people so it it really escalated very quickly that we've gotten to this point uh but what are your thoughts about this is is it too is it too late to turn back um you know what i feel like she has good intentions, even though they're very bad, like bad good intentions. It's like somebody's somebody's suggests like, hey, wouldn't it be great if everybody in the world was nicer? And Lena was like, good, I will make them that way. And it was like, no, that's uh, we're just we're just spitballing here about how like how a kinder, gentler world would be great. She's like, great, I will make them that way. And it's like, no, Lena. Lena, no, don't. don't. <laughs> it's kind of like she had this idea where I, I guess maybe at some point she opened Twitter and <laughs> and was like, "Oh God, humanity! <laughs> I, will, I will fix. I will fix this." Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, like, you can't fix people by like mind controlling them because that's not okay in any way at all but i feel like she started from a good place where she was like i'm really mad at the world and how everyone is such a jerk to me and and so i will fix this and no one will ever be a jerk to me again or be mean to me again because i i will make them all nice and it's like okay i see listen i see where you're coming from (laughs) um Perhaps like a like a charity drive or like a an awareness <laughs> campaign, like be nice uh, <laughs> or like being a jerk is not cool or <laughs> maybe make a mascot. He's like a dog with like a backwards baseball cat. And he's, <laughs> he's like, you know what's cool? N- like kindness. Um, 
I'm not saying any of this stuff is actually going to work, but it's definitely better than mind control. <laughs> I'm just trying to spitball with Lena. Uh, I feel like she started from a place of like being really hurt and upset by being betrayed by the one person in her life that she thought was kind of like always on her side and good. And then to find out that this person was lying to her, she uh, kind of made her like reevaluate humanity. And she was like in typical Luther fashion, instead of just being like, well, you know what? People are a mixed bag and sometimes they do good things and sometimes they do bad things. Lena was like, what if I fix people? And, um, it's not a great plan that she's got. <laughs> and uh, she certainly started down uh, started down this path in a way that's, let's say, morally questionable by installing her computer into a person she doesn't like that much. <laughs> that's I mean, listen, we all have people out there we don't like. We can't just like put Siri into their brains. It's not nice. <laughs> Is the thing, uh, and and we all we all here love hope, and uh, obviously hope is not going to be your voice of reason in this situation. Hope is not going to be like, no, no, I don't want hands. <laughs> hope is like that hamburger looks good, and now I can eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so things have gone in a way for Lena. Uh, I don't know that I, I don't know that I think that she's like beyond redemption and i do also have some issues with like how fast she went from like i'm mad at cara and i'm gonna embarrass her on national tv <laughs> to like i'm going to change humanity <laughs> but in a cool normal way <laughs> right hope and hope is like right lena we are making things better <laughs> well it's interesting hope for a little while in this episode now she she does help lena with the the cipher so she does go along with uh, lena's plan to mind control people but at the beginning of the episode she tells lena you don't want a world of robots you just want better people <laughs> uh hope slash eve is trying to understand I don't even know what we should call her. I guess Lena's been calling her Hope. Lena doesn't even want to think of it as, think of her as Eve anymore. She's like, I've upgraded you. Hope is the best. And Hope is like, yes, I am. <laughs> and somewhere inside, Eve is like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of that whole sequence with Hope and Eve, though, was when... Um, or with, I guess, Hope and Lena was when uh, Hope hugs Lena <laughs> and Lena looks really uncomfortable and Hope is like, oh, I'm sorry. It must be because I look like Eve. <laughs> but I was like, but I, tur I turned to my, to my fiance and in that robot voice said, oh my God, I am learning to love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I liked that it was appropriately awkward. Uh, as it would really be for Lena to get a hug from Hope <laughs> slash Eve. Um, I think it's really interesting that also Hope that has some of Eve's memories. So I wondered if Hope hugged Lena, not necessarily... I, I wondered if she, if she hugged Lena because somewhere deep inside of Hope, Eve is still in there and wanted to hug Lena. Because Lena and Eve were close at one point, or at least Lena thought so. So I just, I just wondered if that was a little bit of the, the Miss Tessmacher coming out of Hope. Because it didn't seem like Hope should at this point 
be wanting to hug people because that seems to be a more human trait. Uh, so I, I did think that that was um, an unexpected move from Hope, uh, I think, for her to to reach out to want to hug Lena like that. Yeah, I want to I want to know how much of Eve is in there. Uh, is there any Eve at all in there, or did Hope completely take over? Are they like? Is Eve like rolling around in her brain? Is she in the rainforest? I don't know. Is she is the and she might be in the rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring the rainforest back. That was Let, that was a I could love be the fun rainforest. <laughs> so so creepy, but see, it's so calming. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the the fact that Lena has progressed so far so quickly uh, has made me question what she's doing in terms of why she's doing this in the first place because she tells hope she says i don't trust people i believed i could once and i had friends that made me believe i could but they betray me like everyone else but then she's betraying kara she's she's being a really big hypocrite about this because she's manipulating and lying to kara i mean just as just as much as kara did to her probably worse because kara only really lied about the one thing you know, I mean, it, it, to to be fair, it was one really big thing, um, but Lena is lying about a whole bunch of things. She's doing, she's she's coercing Kara to go rob these uh, government facilities and steal some stuff and and betray some of her her own personal values. So I think that's just as bad. So Lena doesn't seem to have any problem with doing the thing that the person she's upset about with did. Uh, so I guess I guess that's a revenge thing, but it just seems really hypocritical to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I guess she feels like, well, she did it to me, so she's going to like kind of like it's all bets are off, maybe. But I don't I don't know that that's like, I don't know that that's a, a good way to look at things like. Rise, rise above, Lena. Yeah. And she's like, she's, she's like, don't worry. When everyone's perfect, I will. <laughs> Is Lena gonna uh, overwrite pettiness from people? Because like, what's left for her then? Yeah. How? Yeah. That's a good question. If she's going to fix humanity and make it so that people can't manipulate or hurt other people, is she going to do that to herself? Because I don't know. she is also a person capable of doing that. She's doing it right now. So she would have to apply her own standards to herself. So that's a good point. I um I really felt for Kara in this episode because she was nervous about having lunch with Lena. This was like the first time that they had really gotten together after she told her uh told Lena that she was Supergirl and she's stress eating. She's like got hands full of donuts she's really stress eating and she's trying to go over the top to do all these really nice things for lena and i just i just felt so bad that her good her good-hearted nature was being twisted into something that she wasn't even aware of and i i just hated that for car because i think she deep down was trying to do what was right to help her friend and lena just took uh, advantage of that and really took advantage of the fact that Kara wanted to be her friend again. And I I really want to see Lena do some evil things because I've been wanting to that for seasons and seasons now. But, oh, she was, she really twisted Kara 
in this episode in a really scheming way. So part of me loves that I'm getting a little bit more of that evil Lena, but part of me is like, oh, you're being so mean to Kara. <laughs> Don't be mean. <laughs> Don't be mean. Um, and they did mention uh, the Champs-Élysées in this episode, and I just thought it was really funny because, side note, my brother ran the Paris Marathon uh, a little while ago, a couple of years ago, and uh, I tried to follow him around while the race was going on, like try to track him through the city. Uh, I got really behind the race. Everybody was faster than me. I was trying to go to all these, you know, uh, metro stops, and I got behind the race, and I had to run down the Champs-Élysées, and I don't think people realize how long the Champs-Élysées is. It is a very, very long, like, road there, and uh, so every time I hear the Champs-Élysées, I have flashbacks of me, like, with a backpack on, running down the (laughs) Champs-Élysées, trying to chase my brother in this running marathon, Uh, so brought back some some, uh, challenging times for me, I guess I could say. (laughs) Fond memories. Fond memories. Uh, I did not speak French very well. Probably a little bit better than Lena in this episode, though, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to say the T in S-E-R-R-E-T, and I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to say the hard T at the end there. But she did. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I don't think Lena pronounced that correctly, that, but that maybe that's just me. I only had four and a half years of French in high school. In my first semester of college, so I probably don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, I did enjoy the French aspects of this episode. Um, is there anything else you wanted to bring up with the Kara and Lena uh, relationship dynamic that was happening in this episode? Yeah, I think I'm just, like, a little bummed, honestly. I think that they, um, I don't know, like... I, I don't know that I love, like, straight up, mostly evil Lena right now. <laughs> um, so I I sort of like her as more of a Shades of Grey character. And she, uh, what she's doing right now is, like, not great. Not great. Listen, I can overlook the, the Eve uh, hope thing because that was real funny. But... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I feel like she's going down a really dark path. I don't like to see her manipulate Kara because Kara's like like a golden retriever. She's just so excited. She just wa- she just wants to help. <laughs> That's a good a good uh, comparison there. But yeah, Lena was playing the part of that damaged friend so well. She was able to convince Supergirl to go steal some stuff for her. Uh, so she's she's a pretty good actress there, Lena. She she's been hiding it very well. That Kara doesn't seem to notice it at all. Uh, so, and I think Kara is so willing to please Lena to try to get that friendship back on track that she's willing to to do whatever it takes. Um, so it's just it's just sad to watch Kara be manipulated like that. Even though I do enjoy Eva Lena. Um, so one of the things that I was really shocked by in this episode wasn't necessarily a plot point. It was the fact that Sean Astin randomly showed up in this episode and yeah i was like oh my gosh <laughs> that was a surprise what the hell how and why and i don't think we got any news about that no i felt like if we did i completely missed it i must have too because i don't remember us talking about that on the podcast no I was I was like, wait, this can't be real. Because when when he first <laughs> cut, when they you see the photo, I I squinted at it and went, 
That's weird. That looks like Rudy. And then, <laughs> and then he popped up, and I was like, "What, <laughs> Samwise?" <laughs> Listen, you got to put some respect on Sean Astin. He has been several great characters. He really has. He's had a very uh, long and uh, consistent career, and he's he's done some amazing things. So. He actually came on to do a little guest appearance, and I thought he did a really good job. So what, what did you think about his turn as, as Malefic, or as Kara referred to him as M- Malefic? And I was like, oh, no, not this again. I laughed so hard when I saw Malefic, especially because my closed captionings, uh, caption, like, cl- closed captioned it as Malefic. Like, um, it just kind of sounds like somebody's talking about some new category of fan fiction. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys have to read Malefic. It's like, guns change your life. Uh, <laughs> and so every time she met, she's like, did Malefic do this? I was like, oh, man. <laughs> sounds so sounds so weird. So uh, Malefic... Uh, was in this episode, and he was trying to get Kelly to help him with his memory. So what did you think about how uh, Samwise Malefic uh, mm-hmm. went to Kelly to get help, and then Jean discovered out what was really going on there? So what did you think about the the Martian components of this episode? I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought he was pretty, like, he was believable as Kelly's friend, um, even though he was acting, like, a little shady. Um, I just feel like it, I guess maybe, maybe Alex is right. Like Kelly might need to like, just start being a little bit more suspicious of people. Cause he was like, no, I need it now. Now <laughs> Kelly. And she was like, oh yeah, cool. It seems totally normal. And just what he's like, maybe he <laughs> is kind of a jerk. Like maybe that's part of their friendship It's just like, he's always like hitting her up for stuff. Maybe like, we, maybe we don't know this, but like, he's always sending her like Facebook invitations to like <laughs> his multi-level marketing scheme. Like, <laughs> He's like, Kelly, I just really need you to buy uh, some uh, some 31 products for me. And he, she's like, I- I'm so sorry. I've already I've already got a tote bag. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got my own like personalized tote bag. I can't, I can't buy anything else from you. So then maybe it wasn't a surprise when he showed up at like her second day of work. And it was like, <laughs> no, you must use your your proprietary technology on me right now. <laughs> she was like, you know what? I definitely, I definitely just started this job and could get fired. And like, if I'm, if I'm thinking about it, if I'm like casting my mind back to two days ago, I already did abuse the system to help another friend. So if you think about it, it would not be right if I didn't do it for him. Um, if Kelly doesn't get fired within one to two episodes, the show has, <laughs> makes no sense to me. Kelly might be a worse employee than Kara, and that Ooh. is a high bar. Yeah, those are some strong she never words. Shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly shows up, but she shows up with all of her friends. <laughs> Ke- Kelly rolls too deep into work. Kara doesn't roll into work at all. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, I. I like that Kelly was willing to help him, and maybe he was a friend who was known to come to her for help, and and she uh, had that compassion for him and wanting to help him. But yeah, it uh, maybe she could get him to, you know, fill out a 
uh, some sort of form or do a background check or something. Uh, but she just took him, took him right on in, and uh, that that proved to to be disastrous for her because it put her in danger. And so I, I do think that there was a little bit. She was a little too trusting, especially after the fact that she had just had that scenario where she was she had fallen off a roof because Malefic shapeshifted as her. So I, I would have thought that she would be more on guard about a shapeshifter uh, who had previously been in her girlfriend's apartment. So that that seemed like she really she didn't really have her wits about her when she was thinking about this stuff. Um, but I did think it was a smart writing choice to have Malefic go to Kelly for help because he knew that maybe maybe she is someone who can help me with this problem with my memories. Because Jean has Dreamer, he has Nia Nall, but Malefic doesn't have anybody. So this was his way to get help, and so he went to see her. So I thought that that was actually, that made sense that he would seek her out for that. Um, so uh, I, I, I am a little concerned slash intrigued by the fact that she can, and I'm assuming this will stay after this episode, that she can see Malefic as he's shape-shifting into other people. Does that seem like it's a it's a thing that's going to carry on? It does. That's, that's the impression that I got, because they were talking about, well, she's now this huge danger to him. Well, I guess that's why she goes away. Yeah, and now she's got to go in, like, basically, like, witness protection. She's got to go into hiding, which, like... How do how does she explain this at work? Mm. She's like, listen, I can't come in today. This is gonna sound like an ex- like a dog ate my homework excuse. <laughs> I get it, but there is a really angry shapeshifter alien who hates me because I'm the only one who can see who can, he can shapeshift into. Funny story about how that happened. We were here after hours. <laughs> um and. Speaking of which, this has just kind of popped into my mind that we we spent a whole season about how uh, we should accept aliens and aliens are are all good; they're never bad. And now we're we're getting a lot of aliens are bad again, which I think is really interesting that the show seems to have disregarded a lot of season four. Um, because what what would she tell? What would Kelly tell like her human boss at, at Obsidian North? Would she say this alien who, I mean, normally aliens are all great. We love aliens, but this alien is not good. So I, I just, the confusion of that, it, it, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think about the alien thing on the show anymore. Yeah, to be fair, I think that we did see some bad, I mean, we did see some bad aliens last year. Which ones? I mean, the the one that killed, um that killed Sam Witwer's wife was probably not great. I don't know. I'm just all confused about what I'm supposed to believe about the aliens now. Because I thought we left the show with aliens are good, they're never bad, everyone's perfect. And now now we have spider aliens and <laughs> spider aliens and shape-shifting aliens. Well, now we're back to our reg- regularly scheduled program where uh Kara can't fight against people because that would be boring. She would just keep <laughs> punching holes through their chests. So, we need to give her uh, like a an alien, something that's actually threatening. Although it is funny, um <laughs> my fiance is always like, "Oh, Kara can't get out of uh spider webs." 
spiderwebs is what's gonna gonna do in Supergirl. <laughs> it's a, a there. It I feel like there have been a couple points this season where it's like, really that that would be a problem for her. I don't know what kind of spider it might have been and what kind of web it would be, but. Apparently, spider silk is really strong. Oh. And like, you know, Spider-Man, he, he, can, he can get a lot of things in his spider webs. and That's and true. Such. So I think that um, there is a lot of strength in a spider web because they're, 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 the spider webs are meant to hold lots of stuff because spiders, I'm not a spider expert. Don't don't hold anything I, I mean, say on this it, podcast. It, it sounds like you're knowing a lot of stuff so I, far. I, I do, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm faking it horribly, um, but the, the spider webs are meant to uh, web their food, their prey, and so they have to, you know, it has to be strong enough so that they can store their their prey in these webs. So um, so spider silk is actually really strong. So I I actually bought that part of it that it would be something that would incapacitate Supergirl. Now, she could eventually, like, if she was preventative, like she was a couple of times where she shot the heat vision and sort of knocked the the spiders out, she could handle it that way. But I do understand that she would have some problems with the the, the spider silk. So I, I didn't mind it too much, but I, I can understand why some people were like, ah, oh, come on. I feel like she should be stronger than that. But that is interesting. I didn't know that about spider stuff. And speaking of spiders, so, um, and I don't normally say that a lot because I'm not a, <laughs> not a big spider person. Um, but I think the, the, the spider lady in this episode, Caroline O'Connor, I think she's just like an original character uh, to the show because I could not find any information. If anybody has any information about her related to DC Comics lore, please let me know, because I couldn't find anything. The only thing, and this is probably a little bit of a stretch, is that in the Superman serials, there is a spider lady who was played by Carol Foreman. So she was in... She was in the Superman serials, uh, first appearance January 5th, 1948, last appearance January 5th, oh, I guess in the same, same serial. Um, so yeah, so the spider lady, she had a reducer ray machine weapon. Uh, I have Mm. not actually seen the serial. I need to go back and watch some of these. Um, so there is a spider lady in the Superman serials back in the 1940s. So I don't know if that's where they pulled this character from, but I could not find any other information on her. Uh, but I did think that it was it was kind of a cool ability that it had that the spider would sort of mimic a tattoo. But it was pretty gross that the spider was like going in and out of somebody's body. Um, but yeah, so the... Oh yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> the spider thing I thought was a... A, a unique take and a unique thing for Supergirl to have to deal with because I don't think we've ever seen her deal with spider webs before. So that that was a little bit different, and I, I liked that we got to see her handle a new threat. But yeah, the uh, the Jean stuff in in terms of the Martian portion of the episode was both frustrating and also very sad at the same time because we see that he um, first thinks that. 
Marin. Is that, is that how we came Marin? down on the? Is that how we came down? I had to think about it for a second. Marin Rin. <laughs> so he uh, is revealed in the flashbacks to have um, taken Malefic aside and sort of quarantined him off from the other kids because he is hurt the other the other Martian children, and uh, he seems to be a bad kid who has. Um, has made some bad choices and and is different from the rest of them. And so Jean thinks that Marin uh, basically in their Martian culture murdered his son. And it turns out that no, it was Jean who wiped both of their memories. So what did, what did you think about it? What do you, what, what are your thoughts on Jean after that, that is all revealed? Yeah, I was, I was really surprised about that really uh, that they he would it would turn out that he did it but i thought so i thought it was kind of understandable why he did it and like that he would be upset about this and and that he would feel really bad for his father and want to fix that i had less sympathy once he was like don't tell anyone to me yeah. don't tell anyone about this and then when they were like well um weird that he's like doing this or whatever and he was like yeah super super (laughs) (laughs) like that felt like the moment when it's like you can tell them uh what happened because they're your (gasps) friends it's his it's his terrible secret it's terrible we finally found out john's (laughs) terrible secret and it's very terrible but it, it felt like uh he didn't learn anything from the fact that he had kept it secret like he he got rid of like mind wiped um him and his father so that they didn't have to deal with the pain of what they had done or maybe in his case what his father has done he seems seemed like he was pretty young but then uh, so then he's horrified to learn that he did this thing but then it just seems like he perpetuates it by being like well you, we can never talk about this i'm not going to tell anybody that i did this which is kind of kind of like pretending this thing didn't exist which is what he did in the first place <laughs> right it, it, it felt like he kind of didn't learn from his mistakes there and i was a little bit annoyed with that yeah and i, I can understand he wanted to protect his father from it but that that was a drastic way to do it um, and I, I thought it was interesting that Jean says for Martians, death isn't final, but erasing a memory is. So that means that memories to the Martians, that's, that's a big deal. He calls what he did, uh, the Martian culture's greatest sin. So this is, this is a really, really heavy thing that he has done. And that's probably why he doesn't want to tell anybody, but it's something that maybe he should share with the class because the only way he's going to get better the only way he's going to heal from it the only way he's going to learn from it is if he talks to somebody about it and i think this is something i don't know his new friend kelly could help him with or at the very least car and alex who have been there with him all along through everything he's gone through all the stuff with his dad all the you know the stuff that he's he's dealt with in terms of his martian manhunter hank henshaw side they've all had a lot of you know really serious things that they've dealt with i mean alex murdered uh cara's aunt and jean had to help all of them through that so it's not like they would not be willing to uh consult him and console him 
about this kind of thing. So I do think it is strange that he's keeping it from him, but I think he's just so ashamed of what he did because it was such a a big thing for their culture for him to have done that. He he basically erased Malefic from their existence, and that's why Malefic is so mad with them. Uh, so I think uh, I think it's just when you're ashamed of something, you know. I I mean I've been ashamed of things that I've done or I've said and. Sometimes I just don't want to acknowledge that I did it. And so I think that that's why he is is like that, even though it would be better for him to tell people and and work through it. But uh, but I, I think it's at least a it's a doable explanation for why uh, he didn't remember Malefic, for why Malefic would be so mad to him, uh, mad at him. Uh, and why Malefic would turn and work with the uh, the White Martians. Because now he sees, you know, when he's younger, he sees the White Martians as his salvation, as he calls them. So uh, for a couple of levels, I think that it this explanation works. But uh, I still don't like the, uh, the mind wipe aspect of it. But I guess with Martians, the mind powers, that ma- it, makes, it makes sense. Um, and so speaking of characters who deal with the mind and how Jean worked through this a little bit with the help of Nia. Um, what what did you think about Nia's aspect in this in terms of her using some of her dream powers to help Jean and how she uh, came away with learning about uh, opening up to people and being honest to people, even if me- if it meant hurting their feelings. So what did, what did you think about the Nia aspects of this episode? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Nia stuff didn't work for me quite as well. Uh, because I guess that the whole thing with the, the Nia and Brainy thing is that it it feels like we... it, it To me, this almost feels like... Because it, it seemed pretty clear to me that they were breaking up at the end of the episode. And so I feel like it's an example of another... Uh, Kara and James situation where we spend an entire season like sort of watching them get to know each other and and like each other and then they get together and two episodes later they break up it's I was like really already like I'm not like I'm not saying I'm a like a hardcore Nia and Brainy shipper or anything like they're enjoyable but after, after spending so much time sort of building that connection between the two of them to have them break up like two episodes into the season kind of feels like okay that's weird that's why i kind of thought that they weren't gonna break up maybe maybe i'm just uh too trusting of the show maybe maybe i need to be a little more uh realistic about this because the show has done this before but i thought well (laughs) they this was a pretty pretty serious fight and People seem to be really on edge about it. Nia's Nia's having to really come clean about how she really feels about the way Brainy's acting, and and Brainy has to be vulnerable and, and say, "Well, this is this is who I am. I'm sorry if you don't like it." And it did seem like maybe they were going to break up, but then I thought, oh, "That's too soon for that." Uh, so maybe I'm maybe I'm not being uh, real about what how the show has operated in the past. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I mean, there's a possibility they could work through it, but it did it did seem to pre, to be a, a pretty serious blow to the relationship, if anything. Yeah, well, I really hope that you're right because I, I think that that's sort of like a weird 
waste of a buildup if they just immediately break them up. It just, it's such a strange, such a strange vibe if they do that. I mean, I don't mind, I don't need them to be together forever, but um, (laughs) at least, at least give us a couple episodes to sort of justify spending an entire season um, playing with this relationship. I also thought, I, I mean, not to say that there's, there's no reason to be, you know, for their miscommunication, but it did seem like a little bit of an extreme, like uh, Rainy really couldn't have stopped uh, making like a, a poem about every one of her body parts. And she couldn't just be like, Hey, the poems are too much. It just seemed like it's such an, like an, an easy communication issue where if like they just sat down and like talked by the time like she did tell him like it's all too much I thought that his reaction was like well listen it's got to be this annoying or nothing I was like really (laughs) really you can't you can't modulate a little bit down like you're just gonna do this forever you're just gonna like build her a box of a fortress of sushi like It just, I don't know, the whole thing sort of struck me as, like, a way to add drama into that relationship where, like, they just sort of got together, and I don't even know what that relationship is, and I don't need, I feel like you need to put drama into it yet. Yeah, it seemed like there should have been some compromise, if anything. Maybe, maybe not 127 poems, but maybe two. Maybe you could, maybe you could go to two. I'd I'd be okay with that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe a new uh, ode to body parts you know w- once a day uh <laughs> you know some something like that they i think they could have compromised on that and and i agree i think if if they were gonna break them up at least you know give us a chance to see it through uh they they have invested a lot in this relationship so i don't know i i mean i'm i'm kind of eh, either way i mean it's it's fine you know to have them together it would be fine if they weren't together at this point, I, I honestly kind of don't care one way or the other, but I do think as a on, on a writing level, see that stuff through. If you're going to put these characters in relationships, it, it, it can be any relationship on the show, but see it through. Like, carry it out from beginning to end. I, that, I would like to see that. Of course, this relationship, quote, breakup, could be like James and Lena's first breakup where they had a big fight, and I was like, oh, they broke up. That's it. <laughs> and then they were together and for a couple more episodes. And then she made him roll out the car. Uh, so <laughs> it, it could be it could be that they, they keep uh, playing this up, like you said, just to create drama. Because there are two characters who are pretty... They're not similar, but they, they're similar in the fact that they... Uh, and not in all of their... Uh, personality, but they're kind of the the quirky, comedic characters on the show, so they wouldn't normally have this kind of drama, I don't think. So it it is seeming like the the writers are forcing drama in there just to have them, you know, have them have something to do. Uh, so I don't I don't know what to make of it. I it seemed like they broke up, but maybe they didn't. And that also feels weird to me because like why am I supposed to care about this couple before I even know what this couple is like on the show? They just got together at the end of last season. They've been together for two episodes this season. Like if they break up 
I guess it's a bummer, but I don't really care at this point. Like it's it seems weird to not establish them as a as a duo before starting to try to inject drama into like the situation. That's why I didn't really get upset that Kelly had to leave and and go into protection cuz <laughs> cuz I mean, you know, that's sad for Alex, I guess, but it's the same thing. It's like I'm not really super invested in this in this couple. I've only seen them together for a couple of episodes, and now there's some big wedge that's put put between them. I don't know. I I, I have to I have to get you know really invested in, in a relationship before that that kind of stuff makes me care about them. Ugh, I don't know. I guess. I guess I'm so used to soap operas where they kind of do that slow build a little bit. And and then you have one of them uh, die, you know, in, a, in an explosion uh, before, they, <laughs> for the, before they come back to life. Then you have one of them drive a motorcycle off of a cliff or something. That's when the drama really hits a high note is when you've, you've really been uh, investing in this couple. And then in order to stop her from marrying another man. He has to run a motorcycle into a stained glass window of a church. That's really, that's when you get that crescendo <laughs> into really some good drama. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I just think that the, the, they just really haven't done a good job in, in making me care about these relationships. I don't think I've cared really about a relationship uh, Except for like the end of season two with Monel and Kara. I know, I know people are screaming at me. People are screaming at me. I don't care. I enjoyed them in season two. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. I wish they did a better job with some of these, these relationships. I would agree. I think that the last relationship that I really, that I actually cared that much about was like maybe Sanvers um, on the show, like uh, Alex and Maggie and, there, there was at least some buildup there, and then there was some time where they were together. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, hey, you're cute. One episode later, we're not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and even even for the Carmon L relationship, as much as, you know, I was not always Mon positive, uh, I know that. We all know that. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but they built that relationship up at the very least. Like, there was some, you know, some you know, sexual tension time. And there was some time where they were like getting to know each other and when they started dating and then there was drama. Like, I feel like sometimes they, they jump straight from, okay, well these two people who have interacted in one scene together, they're obviously in love. Now we have to add some drama. (laughs) It's like, I don't, I don't even care about them yet. I don't care if you add some drama yet. (laughs) Yeah. I, I liked that the, the writing incorporated what Nia learned from her interaction with Jean, with Jean uh, and applied it to her uh, interaction with Brainy. I thought that that was at least a good way to justify both of those elements of the episode and put them together. And I, I really have been liking the way that they have been mixing up the character interactions this season. Um, to, to have Jean and Nia in scenes together where they're just kind of working something through uh, with each other. I thought that that was really great. I enjoyed seeing uh, seeing that that um that pairing of characters in a scene together because we don't get to see just the two of them together much so uh so there was that at least even if uh some of the other stuff didn't really hit on all levels for me i did i did like that
And now, Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? Okay, so before we wrap up our overall thoughts, uh, we did get a, a boardroom or ballroom question from at Mark HBPWM, who says, we know that the camera adds 10 pounds and blue makes people look heavier. So why did they try to disguise Andrea Brooks's Andrea Brooks's pregnancy in a bright blue outfit? Uh, so Morgan, what are your thoughts on this? So I've never heard that blue makes people look, um, look heavier or bigger or anything like that before ever. I've only heard that black makes, makes you look thinner. Like black is slimming. Yes. Yeah, so black is slimming. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been surprised if she was in all black because that's also kind of like a, a villainous character, like you know, a villainous color, usually, you know, usually a lot of the villains wear black. And although, I mean, maybe, maybe Hope turns this around and (laughs) uh, turns out to be the hero of the season. (laughs) We don't don't know is the point. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What if Hope is, she's slowly discovering the beautiful things about humanity, you know, butterflies and, <laughs> and flowers and birds singing. And she she has to stop Lena from mind controlling people because she just think that's she thinks it's wrong for her to do. I, th- I think I could see that working. Oh, my God, that would be the best. Like by the end of the season, she's like, Lena, no, <laughs> I love humanity. <laughs> <laughs> she's like becoming self-aware. She's like, she's like. They are flawed, but they are also great. And then she like pulls out something that 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 shows like the ingenuity of humanity. She like the uh, that chicken sandwich from KFC where it's two pieces of chicken <laughs> as a brand. And she's like, robots could not make this, Lena. <laughs> we couldn't even conceive of the idea. <laughs> I love the KFC sandwich. The KFC, the KFC double down is, what, is, is the beauty of humanity that she pulls out. It's your, it's your example of the, <laughs> the best that the humans can offer the world. Oh, so, um, uh, <laughs> so to not answer that question, I did not notice at all. Um, I thought she looked great in that blue outfit. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's still a, a, a little strange that she's just kind of... I mean, I guess, why would Lena give her clothing to... Like, she doesn't have her own wardrobe. Now I just realized that we were probably denied a Lena and Hope shopping montage. <laughs> and now, <laughs> Mark, you have brought something up that I, I, didn't, I didn't think about. And I feel cheated. Could you imagine them going to like all the fancy stores and like Hope is kind of like Julia Roberts where she's like, I don't know. How do you human? And she like grabs and she's like trying to put on pants on her head or something. And Lena's like, no, not that way. And then she just, Lena keeps giving her outfits and she keeps walking out going like, my shoulders are cold. <laughs> Lena's like, okay, I guess that's too advanced human for you. (laughs) (laughs) Baby steps. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I I hope we get to see that Lena will uh, supply her with wardrobe at some point. Yeah, she could could pretty woman down a Rodeo Drive. (laughs) 
Big mistake. Huge. <laughs> it's a quality Pretty Woman reference. Uh, I appreciate that, Morgan. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see if uh, Hope uh, continues to wear her her blue outfits uh, with her straight hair. I'll, I'll be curious to see would would Lena ever let Hope out into the world? Because right now Hope is just living in the the little lab there. So uh, I, I don't think she'll she'll need clothing until she has to to go out into the world. What does Hope? I, I'm sure Hope knows much about the world, but she hasn't experienced it herself. Like I want to watch Hope like just like wandereth or a butterfly or something. <laughs> like Lena's like, okay, now this is what we're gonna do. Hope, and she like turns around and like Hope is like, it is so beautiful. <laughs> She stops to smell all the roses. Like she stops at every single plant. <laughs> I, th- I think Hope. I think we're hitting on something here. I think Hope is going to put a, a wrench in. We might Lena's... have judged Hope too 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 uh, too harshly in the, in the first couple episodes. You know when she wanted her to destroy Supergirl <laughs> <laughs> when she felt a little murderous. Uh, yeah, maybe we 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 judged her too quickly. She felt a lot friendlier this week. I feel like I think maybe it was the hug. I think it was the hug. I think it was. Um, yeah. So I think she might put a little bit of a wrench in Lena's mind control plan because I don't think she can mind control Hope. No, I don't think so. She could control everyone else, but not Hope. <laughs> but not Hope. <laughs> hope is our only hope. <laughs> well, and at the end of season one with the myriad mind control. Hope is what brought them out of the mind control. And this has been Lena Luther, Boardroom or Ballroom. All right. So what are your thoughts on uh, this episode this week? Blurred Lines. Uh, so I really, I, I liked, I was going to say I really liked it. I was like, that's not true. Um, I thought it was, <laughs> sounds brutal, but I thought this was, so after the first, couple episodes that were pretty amazing uh, and just like a real return to form this one i was just fine with i I thought that there was some interesting stuff i really liked i mean i like any time that they give david harewood more stuff to do so i liked all the martian stuff um it was nice seeing carl lumley again even though uh I, I did anybody say his name did they say mirin i don't think so i think he just kept calling him father (laughs) father that's easier for us um (laughs) i liked i liked getting the sort of the backstory but i guess i didn't like it while understandable i i didn't i didn't like the choice that john made to keep it a secret i know that that's his whole jam is to have dark (laughs) secrets that no one knows about but this time i was like bring those secrets out into the light john you're gonna feel better (laughs) <laughs> you just got it's been seasons now just just <laughs> let us just let us all in um and i thought that i thought the the um the john stuff was the most compelling part of the episodes besides um all of the lena um hope and kara stealing things insanity aspects of it um i still don't understand why i should care about this new reporter guy like we didn't even mention him because i don't like him um, and I still feel like they're probably setting him up as a love interest for Kara, which is probably where a lot of my animosity comes from. Cause I was like, do they always have to set her up with someone where it's like, I hate you. No, I hate you more. Do we love each other? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kara has a type 
And that this is just uh, another example of that. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about William a little more in the feedback. Um, so I think maybe that would be a good place to discuss him in this episode because he did interact uh, with some people. We don't really know who they are. He was saying some really vague things. Uh, so yeah, we, we will discuss William in that uh, that capacity. I am sort of on the the same wavelength. Uh, the first two episodes I was really into. This one, I thought the Carolina stuff was what I gravitated towards the most just because I thought the manipulation of that was just, whew, it was, it was, uh, it was hard to watch. But the Jean stuff, even though I'm not really crazy about the mind-wiping aspect of it, I do like the way that they are exploring the Martian lore and some of the Martian family dynamics between Jean and his brother and his father. That stuff I've really been enjoying because it's it's based in character. And so I can I can go with all this other stuff that's happening that I don't like as much as long as it's something that's tied to the the character of Jean um and so that that I'm that I'm enjoying the knee and brainy stuff I don't care about as much and the Mm -hmm. and the spider lady I don't know she she was fine but I kind of want to see more Supergirl villains Supergirl has villains and they don't use any of them um, come on, get, dig out some, some, some black flame or somebody, but I guess seeing some, some spider, uh, webs, uh, go up against Supergirl, that was pretty cool, I will admit that. All <laughs> right, well, uh, I think it's gonna do it for our discussion, so let's find out what our listeners had to say about Blurred Lines. Our first tweet is from, um, at SL Fricky, who says, if Alex ever adopts that baby, I wonder if Kara will remember Kelly's advice to a stranger to say no to babysitting requests from one sister. Uh, <laughs> and then it says, hope, H-O-P-E, hugging only provokes ennui. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I really hope that somebody sends uh, a hope acronym into us every week because I, I I love them so much. <laughs> Based well, in the episode, of the please week. accept. Yes, someone please accept my challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Mark HBPWM said, "Oh my God, I swear Andrea Brooks is doing Morgan's robot voice." Also, two rich, powerful, and beautiful women at each other's throats. Exciting, innovative new programming from the network that brought you a revival of Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you do you do you um, do you approve of Andrea Brooks's uh, robot voice? The thing is, I think that she's doing like a more subtle, uh, nuanced, better robot voice. Um, I'm doing like a like a weird science version of a <laughs> robot voice. <laughs> But I mean, listen, they're both great in their own ways. One of us is a professional actress. <laughs> so one of us is probably better. <laughs> I think she's doing a great job. I, I did I did notice she was kind of being like a little like stilted and like, what is human? And I was like, oh, man, she's doing a. am loving this. <laughs> um, at Vasay's Soy Pao, uh, I brutalized that. Uh, said, I wish we knew more about Nia's powers. There was no arc to her becoming Dreamer in regards to how she's learned to control them. What she did with John seemed quite powerful. It feels like they make up new powers for her as needed. Also, it seems like there is no hunt for a way to defeat the villains. Someone just knows how, or they just have this amazing, never-before-heard-of technology at hand. Are the DEO resources that good? 
Or is it lazy writing? Uh, yeah, I think it's contrived so that they yeah. they solve it at the end. Because I, I don't think we've seen this uh, weapon that sucks things out of people's faces before. Uh, that seemed new. And uh, Nia's powers with Jean, what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even... I'm also unclear on, like, her powers and what are the limitations of them and what are, you know, what can she do, what can't she do. I, I feel the show is also unclear on those things. They're not, you know, they didn't really... I don't feel like last season they established, like, well-defined boundaries and, like, her going from like I can sort of dream the future and I I'm beginning to know what happens to I can shoot dream waves out of my hands uh was like two episodes and I feel like poor Nia got really cheated from her like hero's journey a little bit (laughs) well I think it could have been fixed in this episode if Jean had her come over and and he said you know I think with your dream powers maybe we can make this work and she's like uh, I don't know. I've never done it before, but let me try. You know, that that kind of thing. Maybe she struggles with it for for a little bit, and then she's able to do it. I think that would have fixed it, because it seemed like she would just done it before. She was even like, oh, well, in in my dream, I'm 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 transferring what what I think you look like into something that I can understand. Um, so it's just like she she it was really sophisticated. What she did it was very um very complicated what she did and she did it very well without seemingly any problem so uh, yeah i i think uh i think if that was the second time she had done it i would have bought it a little more but the fact that it was the first time we've ever seen something like that it was a little hard to to accept uh but i did like that she she had to fall asleep to do these things she was nodding off in like every scene so I appreciate that they at least uh, put that aspect of her character in there. Um, at Sony Rawat uh, 1997 said, why does James still have that weird voice changing tech in his suit? Everyone knows he's Guardian. I think it's just uh, part of what makes him Guardian. It's like when, when people question, well, why does Christian Bale do that, that Batman, that raspy voice when he, he doesn't even have his cowl on? Or whatever it is. Like, I think it's... Be- or I think most people had problems, like, in The Dark Knight Rises when when somebody knew, maybe, like, when Selina knew that he was Batman, Bruce was Batman, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> for a movie that I think came out in 2012. Um, people had problems with him doing the Batman voice when Selina already knew who he was. But, like, it's part of... When he when he's dressed as Batman, he that's Batman. Um, so I think that when he is inside the Guardian suit, he he has that voice. So I I buy it. I understand the question because it does seem a little silly, but it's just that's part of what makes him Guardian. I think. Um, at picks by Katie McGee said, I find it very very suspicious that Hope has access to Eve's memories, and the first thing she mentions is Lex's journals and the fact he was planning on using Q waves to break Superman's skin. What else is in those journals? Could Hope's goal be killing Kara? I mean, I think we all know the answer to that, right? Is definitely yes. I mean, I think Hope's goal is always murder. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's pretty basic stuff on Hope's part. <laughs> That's like Hope 101 <laughs> is that she wants to kill Supergirl. It's true. Uh, that's a really good point, though. I, di- I didn't think of it that way, but, like, I, I love that theory. 
um, at Electra WWF said, I'm calling time travel shenanigans with the not supposed to exist yet Q waves last week and the 1000 years in the future encryption codes this week. I'm surprised Brainy hasn't started wondering about this yet. Do you think one of his evil relatives could be behind it? Is it a Brainiac thing or is it that the writers just didn't think that through i feel like it's a it's an interesting thing where like on this show it could be either <laughs> this, could, this could be setting up a storyline where they like some evil people are coming from the future and dropping evil tech or they uh just didn't want people to be able brainy to be able to fix things right away mm, mm-hmm. either is possible <laughs> um, um Heat Vision Rocks uh, said, Luther University for exceptionally smart, morally gray humans. We offer bachelor degrees in business uh, moguling and weird sciences and are the only school that offers a master's degree in world domination, manipulation, unethics, speed hacking, poker facing are required prerequisites. (laughs) (laughs) I think Lena would fit in to Luther University uh, very well. I think she's got poker facing down down cold at this point. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's one of the best. Okay. Uh, at X Jamber X said, For me personally, I think it's becoming more apparent that Lena's mission might not be totally hers because I keep thinking that the stuff she's doing is something that Leviathan or maybe an AI like Hope would like. Someone has plans for humanity and Lena's plans fit in nicely. So this is the the second listener who seems to have this theory that maybe Hope is pulling the strings. I don't put any listen. <laughs> I'm not discounting faith. I'm not discounting. I was going to go on faith. Uh, I'm not discounting hope. Faith, hope, and Lena. <laughs> I would love it if hope uh, turned out to to be manipulating Lena like Lena thinks she's manipulating Kara. That would be a nice twist. That would be a good twist. At Good Girl Gone Gay said, I like how we get to see new pairings this season. Last week we had John and Kelly. This episode was Nia and John. Though what's the extent of Nia's powers? I'd like to know. It's great that we get to explore new dynamics and old ones like Kara and James. Those spiders suck. Their investigation was great. I still can't tell where this is all going, but I believe that they might be able to round this up in a broader story beyond each episode. P.S. Do you guys think William Day is connected to Leviathan? Mm. My personal theory is that he's like investigating Leviathan right now. I got the uh, impression that he was undercover. Yeah. Maybe he's in deep with them and he's trying to get information about what they're doing. I, I got, but I, I think it's possible that he is a Leviathan agent, but I also think that he could be investigating Leviathan. Uh, at VH451 said, Sean Aston speak angry Martian was the thing I didn't know I needed this weekend. Oh, Samwise, what would your old gaffer say if he saw what you were doing? Um, at Ajita underscore Harrison says, enjoying the podcast, but I hope that you guys discuss the queer baiting between Lena and Kara because they are laying it on thick this season. The conversation felt missed in the season premiere pod. Well, we don't really talk about sh- uh, sh- shippy so stuff. I mean, I mean, we talked about the relationships this week, like with Brainy and Nia, because it's part of the story and we analyze the, the couplings that way, but, um, I I don't know where I I don't know that it's our forte for us to talk about the shipping stuff because that's not something like we really want to get into. 
um, especially in relation to like how the writers might be writing certain things. Um, I don't know how you feel about this morning, but I just, I kind of think that that's not really what, I mean, we're not, we probably didn't talk about it because just because there were other things that we wanted to talk about. Usually that's how it goes on the podcast. We just have only a certain amount of time anyway. To be fair, this one we completely forgot like William Day was a character <laughs> or that Andrea Rojas was on this show. We just spent, mo- I mean, to, uh, can you blame us for spending the entire time talking about hope? I, I don't know. You probably could, and that would be valid. But uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes we get sort of wrapped up in um, in different topics. For for me and Rebecca, it's often the weird minutia of the show <laughs> that uh, that that's a rabbit hole that we go down. We miss like entire <laughs> plot lines. I mean, now that I think about it, we forgot to mention that a shadowy figure murdered the spider lady, and we don't know who that oh, is. Right. <laughs> I honestly had forgotten that happened. I was too too focused on uh, the hope, maybe maybe loving humanity or maybe being humanity's doom. I mean, just just while we're here, uh, some people think it's a crata. Some people, I mean, I I think it also could be a Leviathan agent. We don't actually know, uh, but I like the idea that it maybe uh, was the first time a crata appeared. We don't know. We haven't seen anything of that. Ooh. But uh, but. But yeah, so we we do get kind of wrapped up in some other things. Um, there is a, a Supergirl related podcast that exclusively talks about topics such as those. So if that's something that you want to hear that you feel like we've missed or that we don't talk about, you can uh, check out Pod Off Course, a Supergirl podcast, uh, which is uh, the episodes are over at podoffcourse.lipson.com. So just giving a shout out to them. So if if that's something that uh, you wanted to hear more about, they might be talking about it over there because they're specifically geared to that that kind of content. Um, so, uh, sorry if you thought we, we missed it. Uh, we, we do miss (laughs) things occasionally and and sometimes we just don't get a chance to talk about it. Um, but I I hope that, uh, maybe they can give you better insights over there on on that podcast. And then our last tweet is from at Rover223 who said, I think the CW has to take some lessons from Agent Carter, the first season of Supergirl, and from Jessica Jones. Uh, PG-7 isn't very realistic. What's that? What's that mean? What's PG-7? I think it's a rating. That might be a, a rating. Is that a from, rating? Uh, I think normally, oh, I don't know all the ra- ratings. Because, like, I, I know PG-13. 13? Well, that's for films. Uh, t- yeah. uh, TV is like uh, MA something or other, and then one is TV-7, or uh, I think there's a TV-14. I've never heard of this radio. I'm stum- this one stumped me. PG-7. Let's see. Uh, no, that's, a, that's an RPG that I got on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a, a nice cable, cable part. <laughs> there are TV ratings though, because they'll pop them up on the um, on the the corner of the screen. Is that? Do you think that's maybe like a a rating in another like another country's rating? It might be another country because I think in the U.S. we call them TV like TV seven would be what we call it. I think here. Okay, okay, here we. Oh, 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 oh. 
There's a rating system wiki. What? What? There's a wiki for everything. TV-Y7 is programming rated uh, in the U.S. Signifies the content is suitable for children who are at least seven years old. Uh, Many of these programs contain cartoon slapstick violence, humor that may be considered too ribald or morbid for younger viewers, mild innuendo, and or, and or themes and stories that would be considered too controversial, scary, or incomprehensible for younger audiences. Yeah, oh, I, I, I didn't, I, I apologize to Rover, I didn't uh, finish the rest of their uh, tweet. So they went on to say, homicidal maniacs who don't swear, gorgeous women who don't get hit on or go on dates, and no real blood or bruising from fights. I mean, I think that uh, what I like about the super, the current... Uh, superhero renaissance that's happening right now <laughs> is that is that if you want like a more gritty uh, superhero show there are tons of those for you as well um, and then if you want maybe a more family friendly like Rebecca was saying or light superhero show like I think I like that super I like that Supergirl is that show and and I don't know for me, I think it's it's important to have a superhero show that is accessible for, like, young girls to watch. Like, I don't like the idea of being like, it's Supergirl, but uh, you have to be this age to watch it because it's got some adult themes. Like, I think that Supergirl does a pretty good job of, like, dealing with some heavy t- subject matter while still being, like pretty accessible for families and you know like younger girls to watch because i i want young girls to watch supergirl and get you know inspired by you know Kara being so so cool and, and kicking butt yeah i think uh there if if you want to see some shows that have female leads that have a little bit more of that material there are shows like jessica jones where you can watch and and it will uh cater to a little bit more of that demographic or that genre. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just, you know, different strokes for different folks. True, true. Um, okay, so let's get into some emails. Uh, so New Rachel wrote in saying, quote, we're three episodes into the season and there still hasn't been any hints at cri- There still haven't been any hints at crisis from the show with the hero who originally sacrificed her life for everyone in the comics. Not saying I want Kara to die. In fact, I don't want to read Crisis because the idea of her dying and be er- being erased from existence is too sad for me, no matter how meaningful or poignant the whole event is. With some of the most powerful characters in the Arrowverse, including someone who can dream the future, I'm sorry, there are some parts of this season that I really enjoy, but it just seems like a small case of misplaced uh, priorities here, unquote. And I guess, Morgan, if you want to read the next email, it's kind of connected to that uh, email from New Rachel as well. So our friend Andy over at the Flash podcast and Titans podcast wrote in to say, so far we've yet to have any proper setup for the crossover other than a character using the word crisis in a not crossover context. However, the characters have to be forewarned somehow, right? I'm looking at one Miss Neonal, a.k.a. Dreamer, between episodes uh, 504 and episode episodes 508 i strongly believe nia will see the crisis unfold in one of her dreams it will be through her that our characters learn about what is coming before the crossover happens what do you think about this and in general what do you think about the fact that we haven't had a lot of teases or build up to the crossover also i desperately want to go back and redub every scene hope has been in with morgan doing the voice work because you have turned hope into something really hilarious don't do that 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 don't encourage that voice is the thing is i keep 
keep telling people not to encourage because then the whole show is going to end up being me doing the voice and then Rebecca's going to like block me from Skype <laughs> that is not true um, I enjoyed the hope voice if someone um, wants to do that if you want to take <laughs> elements from Supergirl radio and put it in a scene with hope I I totally permit it have at it yeah, have have fun. <laughs> Let hope learn to love. <laughs> Let hope learn to love. Um, so I guess we could talk about the crisis element here. Um, what what do you think about the fact that Supergirl as a series in these three episodes really hasn't delved into setting up crisis much? I feel like I'm almost used to it because I feel like uh, I end up covering heavily the shows that just sort of show up to the crossover <laughs> with uh, with no preparation whatsoever. Because I feel like um, Supergirl and Legends both end up sometimes being in the crossover, sometimes not. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Legends last year. Uh, but it almost never feels like they do any setup work for these crossovers. They just kind of they just kind of stumble in, stumble out. So I, I almost wasn't expecting Supergirl to do any um, crisis legwork, to be honest. I just kind of expected it to go this way. Yeah, Kara always seems to be the character who gets recruited to come and help them. Or she... Uh, like especially last last season in the Elseworlds Worlds crossover, you know, uh, things kind of stumbled into her lap, uh, not literally, but you know, stumbled into her world. Um, so I I think that I didn't probably expect it much either. It's I'm I kind of I watched the first episode of Arrow and then I'm I'm kind of still trying to catch up on the Flash. I think I watched. Uh, three-fourths of the premiere. Uh, so it seems like Arrow and The Flash have been the ones dealing with Crisis the most, which seems appropriate because Arrow, this is the final season of Oliver, Oliver Queen in the Arrowverse, and uh, a lot of his fate has to deal with the crisis that is coming. So that makes sense that Arrow deals with it. And of course, The Flash, they've been teasing Crisis for ever so it makes sense that uh the flash and barry allen's crew they're gonna have to deal with crisis on a on a bigger level um i think for me i'm trying not to bring supergirl's part of the comic crisis into the 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 Arrowverse because i feel like i'm gonna let get let down uh because of her importance in that story and and I, I don't get the sense that Supergirl is really going to be all that important in the crossover, which I'm trying not to get my hopes mm -hmm. up because I feel like <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed. But um, but I think that she's she's not having to carry that that load as much as the the Flash and Arrow are. All right, so uh, Courtney wrote in to say, quote, Hope Eve is even creepier than Alexa slash Hope. Uh, I guess she's referring mm -hmm. to Tabletop Hope. Um, it was better when it was a disembodied voice with floating nanobots. In the last episode, I didn't quite connect that Hope was now in Eve somewhat permanently. Is that reversible? What happened to do no harm? Just because she didn't cause Eve, Eve to bleed doesn't mean that this is not harmful. She literally kidnapped someone and took away their free will. This isn't morally gray, Lena. This is just criminal, and she can't come back from this. How is she going to explain uh, this and not be arrested once Supergirl finds out, unquote? Uh, I hmm. think that those are great questions. Um, 
I I assume that if if Lena put Eve, uh, Hope into Eve, she could probably extract her too. Yeah, I I, I didn't get the impression that like Eve was completely over uh, written. I think that Eve's in there somewhere, and she presumably can get Eve out. I I, I don't know because I don't get the impression that the the show wants us to think that Lena is a complete villain at this point, which I, I hope not at least because I don't feel like there's been enough build up to that. So hope, hopefully at the end of this whole, um, this whole thing, hope pops out of, pops out of Eve and Eve can go about her, her day really not feeling great about what happened. (laughs) (laughs) She's probably going to regret a lot of things. That hope will have made her do. Lena is going to hear from her lawyers. <laughs> um, so Mary wrote, I really loved this episode, but what I'm most impressed with is the action uh, and stunt choreography. I can't remember the last time Supergirl had me on the edge of my seat for an action scene. Guardian versus SpideyCon, Spider-Woman plus uh, Carol O'Connor, SpideyCon, uh, was fun and felt evenly matched, and the spiders made it extra creepy. I literally gasped out loud when the spider got into Guardian's helmet. Even the little things, like the blast uh, of air on clothes and curtains when Supergirl zooms out of a scene. I feel like I haven't seen those details on Supergirl in a while, but the practical visual effects are so great, and I've missed them. What are your thoughts on stunts and whoosh effects in Supergirl as a whole? Uh, as a whole, I think they usually do a, a pretty good job with the with the stunts and the whoosh effects and, and making it look like she's super speeding away or uh, she's just entered the the scene. I think some of that, especially with the super speed, when they actually do the super speed, it's actually done pretty well. Um, sometimes the flying is not the best. Uh, but but occasionally there'll be some really good fights. Uh, I'm on the show. I'm thinking of the uh, prison stuff in season four. I'm thinking of Supergirl versus Rain in season three. So occasionally we'll get some really, really good uh, fight choreography. Um, but I'm I'm glad, uh, Mary, that you really enjoyed it this week. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I I think that the that Supergirl has usually has some pretty pretty nice effects. Um, and, and choreography, I, sometimes just because she's whooshing around the hand to hand stuff isn't as impressive, but I, I did think that the, um, the Supergirl and Alex fight at the beginning of this, or, or fake Alex, Phallix fight. <laughs> my Alex Alex fight at the beginning of the season was pretty impressive and was one where I kind of thought to myself like, oh, this is a pretty cool fight scene. Yeah, I think that one so far has been the best uh, in my opinion as well. All right. Well, Emily wrote in saying, quote, all I really want to say this week is that while I'm firmly in the camp that doesn't want Lena to go fully evil, it sure like it sure looks like she's headed that way. She played Kara like an overeager eager fiddle and for whatever she's planning to do to make people better emily also writes hope is a hugger that was unexpected and is probably foreshadowing something unquote (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh so it does seem like lena is going down a a darker path uh daryl wrote in to say i don't like how the show is trying to make kelly feel guilty for helping people she went into this with the best of intentions and sure it backfired on her but her openness is to be commended not used as a way to attack her yeah that's that's a good point uh i i think she she shouldn't feel guilty for wanting to help someone 
But I do think she needs to be more cautious is, I think, what they were trying to get at. Yeah, I agree. I mean, on a personal tab, again, you just started this job. You were you were taking some real liberties with this technology. <laughs> I kept laughing because I was just like, didn't you just use this technology from your brand new job like a week ago to help out a friend? Like, you're. It, it's not like she's just stealing Post-its or something, which is apparently something that Kara might do. <laughs> only if it helped lena cope with her personal (laughs) tragedy um well uh our last email comes from alex who wrote in to say quote in grant morrison's jla run in the 90s the phantom zone was shown to be used by many other characters martian manhunter used it to imprison uh catatonic white martians and called it the still zone Prometheus used it as a base of operations. The age, the angel Zoriel also calls it Limbo. I am sure it may have been visited by some other non-Superman characters beforehand, but it seems to have been popularized again in the 90s. And uh, Alex goes on to say also, uh, maybe this is an unintentional comics link, but in Lex Luthor, Man of Steel, Lex creates a cybernetic being named Hope, unquote. So thank you, Alex, for writing in to, uh, first of all, teach me uh, about the Phantom Zone use in the comics. I did not know uh, that about Grant Morrison's JLA run. That's probably something I need to put on my reading list. Uh, But that's really good to know. And I... I'm ashamed of myself for not catching the Hope connection because Lex Luthor, Man of Steel is one of my favorite comics of all time. And occasionally I might get it out maybe once a year, maybe once every two years, something like that. I've I've read it pretty, well, maybe not frequently, but when I get in the mood to like revisit it, I will reread it again. And I've read it a couple of times and I completely, uh blanked on that so i'm so glad that you brought that up it makes me want to read that all over again because it's my favorite lex Luthor story um so that is i think that's definitely a connection um to the hope that we see on supergirl yeah that's pretty cool i did not know that at all well you should read lex Luthor man of steel i think that should be required reading. Ah. maybe we could review it i don't know especially if there's a hope Ooh. connection that could be something <laughs> we could justify that i think we could i think we could work that in um, well, we also have a voicemail from Mauricio. Hey, Supergirl Radio, Mauricio here. Hopefully my connection is good. So, yeah, I'm surprised we're going really fast-paced with the John's Brother subplot, because, you know, with Flash, Supergirl, and Arrow, they usually have these subplots last throughout the seasons, like we don't get back to it through another five or six episodes. But I forgot that the modern released John's Brother for Crisis, so I'm kind of curious what this has to involve with Crisis. Oh, like, as John as a character, like, he's trying to improve him, or, I don't know, like, or test him, but yeah, but, like, because I saw the previews for the next, I don't usually watch previews, but I saw the previews, like, oh, we're back to John's brother again, I'm like, wow, it's, like, three episodes in a row, I'm really surprised, but, yeah, like I said, surprises. Overall, it's a good episode, I, I, I'm gonna, like, after seeing this episode, I'm gonna miss James a lot more, because I forgot he's a human being, and he has the hand-to-hand combat, which I'm, like, Supergirl, with more, more. We have special effects to see your fight and don't do that much fight choreography. So, yeah, it's going to miss the hand-to-hand human fight choreography like Arrow does. But, yeah, overall, um, I can't wait to hear your podcast and see your um, opinions on this episode. And take care. Until next week. And Mauricio mentions the uh, – so 
in the, I think it was in the summer, like the San Diego Comic-Con time frame before the show premiered uh, for season five, the showrunners and the writers of the show were mentioning a possible connection that Malefic was going to have to do something with uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So Mauricio wanted to bring that up. Uh, yeah, they haven't really dealt with that. If they're going to if they're going to make that connection, they haven't done it yet. Really, we've only just gotten the setup of Malefic and what that has to do with Jean and their familial relationship. So I'm curious if he will have some connection to propel, like we were talking about earlier, propel the Supergirl series into Crisis on, on Infinite Earths. So before we wrap up our feedback, we have some Snap Judgments sent in by our listeners. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. So our first set of snap judgments are from Supergirl writers. It's not. Wait, did the, did the Supergirl writers send in some snap judgments? No, this is not the Supergirl writers. This is just a listener who uh, has an email that says Supergirl writers on it. Okay, so what is worse? The spider from this episode that killed William's friend or the spider that killed Nia's mom? What is worse? Yeah, um, what's worse? Wh- which spider would be a worse death, I guess? William's friend. Yeah, I I think that's a that's an easy one. I I saw that spider like dive into his chest. I'm not into that. <laughs> yeah, and I guess <laughs> we should mention that was the Doctor Jared who was teased in last week's episode that we saw in that computer picture. Uh, so yeah, he he got killed in a pretty pretty terrible way. Yeah, not great. Um, okay, what would you rather see, Lena mind controlling Kara or Hope? mind controlling lena 100 hope mind controlling lena oh my god what could hope do with, <laughs> with a with a lena bot it's it's terrifying <laughs> to think about <laughs> it would uh oh my god uh, uh yes that last one would be amazing <laughs> um at uh dougie 448 said would you rather have martian tea with john or tea in parentheses uh in quotation marks i'm sorry uh with nate on the wave rider so this is a crossover supergirl legends of tomorrow uh question which is it should be a fun one for you rebecca since you don't watch legends of tomorrow but you do listen to the podcast i i I don't feel like i can make a really really uh absolute informed decision just because i i haven't seen what the tea looks like (laughs) um so uh, I guess I'll have to say Martian tea was Jean. So I think I'm going to go with the, the Nate tea because uh, it seemed like a psychedelic good time. <laughs> uh, and and John's tea just kind of made you like dive into your like childhood traumas. And I feel like, <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> no judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts and feedback on Blurred Lines. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. And try to make sure to write in, call in uh, before Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And uh, just to 
just as a suggestion, if you really want to get on the podcast, try to try to condense your thoughts down, uh, maybe into one really one really strong thought. Uh, if if it's a review of the episode, we might have to put it on the uh, website just just for time purposes. Uh, but that's that's just a, a pro tip uh, for feedbacking. Uh, if you like it, if you want to, you can like us on Facebook, go and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. We're also on Radio Public and Podchaser, and on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans we're also available on apple podcasts and stitcher radio so if you have some time we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review and you can find all the links to everything i just mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page and now we throw it over to mark for the dc tv plugs supergirl radio is part of the dc tv podcast network so if you like arrow the flash legends of tomorrow or just podcasts about it iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, Batwoman, or classic DC TV shows, or the upcoming Swamp Thing and Stargirl shows, you can subscribe to the Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid and Instagram at the Derby Kid. I am a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you, where you can find which you can find over at JLUniverse.Podomatic.com. And uh, I'm also a voice actor on a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakest, and that's Fakest with an I. So definitely check that out. Season two is wrapping up. Um, I also, if anyone is interested in my video work, I'm still working on a Superman celebration video for my YouTube channel. But also, uh, I recently just took a new job with the University of Alabama Museums, um, and I've been creating some content for them. So if you want to go and check, uh, you can go and subscribe to UA Museums on YouTube. Uh, that would be cool if you wanted to do that, to, to follow what I'm doing over there. I just recently uh, shot some video and edited a little piece for the Moundville Native American Festival, which was very exciting and fun. I had never been to the festival before, but uh, Moundville is such a beautiful place, and I learned a lot there. And uh, so if you want to go check out uh, a video I did on that, you can uh, follow uh, that content over there. Very, very cool. Um, so you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So listen, here's the thing. I know that last time I said that we were recording the Serial Killer episode um, soon, before Halloween even. I, I might have fibbed a little bit. <laughs> uh, 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 schedules have realigned. <laughs> and now it's going to be a fun after Halloween treat, like the candy that you have left over from trick-or-treating. Uh, so, you know, save a couple candy corns, and uh, and we're going to be releasing that episode very soon. <laughs> I, I like the idea that somebody just kept, like, five candy corns. Just, just just keep a couple of candy corns that, like, settle to the bottom of the bag. Keep those <laughs> to, to eat while you listen to to the to uh, the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. I, I don't think candy corn really keep very well. No, and you that. probably shouldn't do that. that you, I probably just poisoned you. <laughs> <laughs> Hope would be proud. No, uh, she would be. <laughs> well, I think that is going to do it for our episode on Blurred Lines. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we'll leave you with this villanelle. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at closing. <laughs>